Number one, Star Wars. Number two, comics. Number three, Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. Number four, Mario. Number five, Weird Al. Number six, Batman. Number seven, Cal. Number eight, The Simpsons. Number nine, TV. Number ten, every single band that I stole all their MP3s. But they really all sold out. Feel all together. You with me now. Hey everybody, welcome back to Nerds Ruin Everything. I'm Logan. And I'm Adam. And uh, you might hear a fan on in the background. I apologize. But uh, we're under a heat advisory. <laughs> uh, which um, I've been running a fever off and on. So even hot, I've been chilly on occasion. So my, uh, my body is... Uh, um, all jacked up right now I, as anybody listening i'm sure you can hear i apologize i sound like garbage i have a cough drop in so you might hear uh that you might hear some coughing but uh we're here and uh we're gonna chat about a couple of things maybe but definitely ahsoka yeah. so if uh if you didn't watch ahsoka maybe uh go watch that and then come back <laughs> Yeah, and if you haven't watched Ahsoka, what the fuck, guys? Come on, yeah. get on it. Like you knew that we, you knew that this was like, even though we didn't like the funniest part, like of all this is that if they had listened to the the last part of the last episode, you were like, we, we don't know like, what we're talking we're about just... next week. <laughs> you texted me like right after, it's like, dude, Ahsoka comes out Tuesday. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> um, the one thing, the one thing that I want to bring to you, because it's always like, you know, it's back to like what David Zasloff has done fucking wrong. Oh and my God. Jesus, like, okay, so like we've been talking about, we've been circling this shark for a while, and I've been saying it that they're gonna move Dune, they're gonna yep. move Dune to <laughs> Dude to, um, and they fucking totally did. Yep. I wonder why. I wonder why. Huh, could it be because your Jags haven't settled this up and it's super important that you have this cast, this massive cast promoting it? And I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe because you spent $300 million on this second part that maybe you should actually have the best foot forward. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. you know, now it's a springtime movie. Now it's like, I think I think that they said that it's- Sometime it's in March, right? March, they said March, but I would not doubt it if this thing goes on longer um, that it goes to May because they want a big opening. They want a big splash. Like the, they need it. They, I mean, they really need it. Like the movie, co- like I said, the movie like cost three hundred million dollars. The last one cost two hundred million dollars, um, and they didn't make any money off of it. Um, but they're trying to keep like you know who is arguably one of the like you know what. The, one of the biggest working directors right now, Denny Villeneuve. They're trying to keep him happy because we know what happens, Tenet, uh, when you piss off a filmmaker, Christopher yep. Nolan. They go off to another studio, and literally, I can like it makes me happy every time. I don't watch grosses, but it makes me happy every time I see the the grosses yep. on Oppenheimer because it's gotta look like a smack in the face to the Warner Brothers. Uh, the Warner Brothers. Um, um, what are they? Uh, stockholders and shareholders that that Zazzies and the Warner Brothers idiots couldn't keep Nolan happy because he wanted all these things, which he turned out to be very right about. Right? Like yeah. that's the funniest thing about Oppenheimer is that he took control. He knew how to market it. He knew what to do. And well, 
nobody can have could have imagined the Barbieheimer of it all. Uh, that's probably gave them an extra hundred and fifty million dollar boost. Like whatever it ends up at, people are saying it's going to be like close to four hundred million. But even if they hadn't had that Barbieheimer boost, it still would have made like two hundred fifty million dollars. Like in the U.S. and however much it's going to make it across Europe, where like that's like that's a crack to them. Like you know, it, a big budget. Yeah, and I don't see it. I don't. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Like Dune was the one that we talked about. Like could, like awards wise, dethrone Oppenheimer. Would Dune be mm-hmm. a move to next year? Like what is coming? That um the Scorsese movie. That's about it. The four hour. Like the, the four if that doesn't get movie. moved Yeah, no And Napoleon, I've heard rumors that Napoleon's being moved because um, Because what's his name is Like, because they want to keep Fucking Ridley Scott happy Even though Ridley Scott is 80 years old And how many other movies is he going to have I mean, you know, Gladiator 2 But that's not an Apple movie That's a that's a, that's a a universal Warner, yeah. uh, DreamWorks movie But, I mean, like I mean, then they have the F1 movie that was supposed to be in December. Now I've heard that that got that they're planning on moving that to fall of 2024 to make it like a big splashy movie. Like they're moving all these things around because they know like, here's the thing. It's like, just settle the fucking strike. But no, you can't because you already put yourself into this, this like, it just shows to me, like, I don't know about you, but like, and I was going to ask you how, how ego maniacal is this all that they're not Dude, settling? All I keep thinking about is that talk that Marcellus Wallace has with Bruce Willis's character in Pulp Fiction yep. sitting at that table. And he's like, you're going to, it's like, you're going to hear a voice or you're going to have this feeling. That's your pride. That's your pride. Fucking with you. Fucking with you. Yep. <laughs> and I'm just like, this is just pride, man. Like, they're, they're just like so convinced that they are the thing that that's necessary for filmmaking and it's like you're not though man no, like you're really not <laughs> I, like like what do they do other than say yes to a budget like really like like what did they do like and, and I think that that's what it's being proven is like like but then there's this weird thing of like like i was going to ask you about this like the fandom of sycophantic people that are like billionaire like like they love billionaires the way that they love like billionaires have like weirdly become the new outlaws like do you know I, what it's I mean? like i don't i don't get it man i don't get like, it i it's weird right like is it is it weird to be such a fan of like billionaires and like yeah stick it to the man you do realize that you're sticking like you're they're the man. They're yeah. the man, dog. <laughs> they're the man now, dog. <laughs> like I don't I don't know what the fuck these people are talking about. I'm like, who are they sticking it to? They're sticking it to you, dipshit. Like exactly. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. You have so much you have so much self-hatred, right? Like you have so much self-hatred <laughs> that you're gonna sit there. And hate on, like, I don't even understand, dude. Like, it is a very weird, it is a very weird situation. And I'm like, you know, at the end of the day, we lose out. Like, that's the thing, right? Like, we all lose out. Like, the fans lose out. Like, like, I'm not going to the $4 day just because, I mean, it's going to be madness. 
like you know like like yeah. we can transition I, into i was probably gonna try to go see turtles because i was like oh yeah for <laughs> but now i'm like that would be really irresponsible for me to go to the movies <laughs> but so. even if you did but even if you didn't it's kind of like it's weird right because it's like if you went to turtles you might actually have the same experience that you had at, mm-hmm. at turtles the first time because yeah. so many people are going to be going to this like I have so many people asking me if I'm going, right? And I'm like, no, I mean, I have AMC Stubbs, you know, like I, I, uh, like, you know, I have AMC Stubbs. So like anything I want to go see, I mean, I just pay, I mean, literally like, you know, I see movies once a week, right? (laughs) So, I mean, like literally my subscription to that equates it to like five or $6 a movie. Now, of course they fucking get me on the popcorn and the ICs and fucking Mm -hmm. all the other shit. Um, you know, uh, but I already pay low prices on it because I'm smart. I go to, like, I only do my AMC stubs, right? Uh, so, but it was interesting to see how many, like, it should tell people, like, it's a very weird like, thing about the economy, right? Like, what we can afford and what we can't, right? And oddly enough, a $4, a $4 deal for movies gets people super fucking excited i have people that are like like did you hear this whole thing about barbie going into imax during this time frame like this weekend it's supposed to be in and i think that they purposely did it because of the of the you know four dollar movie day because it'll be in imax and everybody will get to see it because like i know a shit ton of people that are going to see that oppenheimer and turtles like turtles with their kids because you know I mean, we both know like people that have like seven kids and seven kids or not seven kids, but like, you know, anything above four kids, it becomes like this massive Hell, even thing. at four kids, <laughs> like, yeah, you know, some four places, kids. kid, kid prices, even during the afternoon is like eight bucks, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's, you know, and everybody's got to have their own drink, you know, yep. they don't want to share popcorn. It's, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. a madhouse, man. So, mm-hmm. And it's I mean, gonna be a madhouse there. I do hope that you know um, it, like adding to the grosses of Turtles and Barbie and um, Oppenheimer. Not not the worst outcome, you know. No, absolutely not. Because at least it's it... people supporting good cinema. <laughs> yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Like, like, like doing. Like the the push for that is kind of nice because it's good movies and it's not like shitty like like we talked about last week we had like an embarrassing riches of of movies this summer like poppy well made well executed movies and a lot of them were IPs that were getting rebooted right now there were yeah. some that were crash and burn but for the most part I mean even something like I mean we kind of went back to like like the like this is the first Transformers movie with Bumblebee, ex- like with my exception of Bumblebee and the first like thirty minutes of of the first Transformers movie that I, honest to God, do not feel guilty about liking or going to see. Like yep. it's a movie that I was like, hell, this is like fucking fun. I and mean, it's not it's um, not high art, but it's just no. it's fun. Like it yeah. was fun. Um, exactly. Like like Blue Beetle, like fun. It's making no money whatsoever, but it yeah. was fun and it was well executed. Uh, that that's the one like god man that that 
that movie paid paid the price for yep. like the strike for the strike ultimately mm-hmm. just ensured that movie was going to do nothing so yep no it, it definitely was like that that's the saddest part of all this is that they didn't like it wasn't a ch- it didn't get a chance and let's just hope that James Gunn is good to his word and says that like you know he really likes Blue Beetle and he keeps him around because like that like that character and that that like ass that 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 particular part of the DCEU is actually very good and if you can kind of make a say like make a Hulk like make him like the Hulk where he's in movies but not a part of like his own universe because of the box office I'm okay with that yeah like that would be a nice pivot like you know to have him be like the the extra pepper like the extra like the kick whatever it is that you like you know if you like want a little bit more salt a little bit more cheese whatever it is right he's like that dash of that extra extra that it's almost like the anti-hulk because like hulk is like specific and stuff but he's more like spider-man but like give him that kind of pop right let him like inhabit places and be fun and gain a following um which you know it's like I said, it is really sad that they didn't that that this was the price that they paid or this is the price that was paid. But yeah. I, again, what can like, you know, there's nothing that can be done about that except for they should have probably released it in April or May when we were still like it. Like the weird part is, is that if it had gotten released in April, I think it like it's like it would have like. Or even in June, like if they had given it the push that they gave Flash instead of Flash and then put Flash where they put Blue Beetle, I think we're having a different conversation. I think we're having the conversation. We're having that conversation of, you know what? I still don't think it does a hundred million dollars, but it doesn't do 20 million (laughs) dollars. Yeah, but it's somewhere in the middle, right? It does like 50 to 60 and then it goes on to make, you know, about 200 and enough to justify it like the existence of a sequel or developing stuff a little bit more. Um, And it gets the right, it gets the, it it gets the thing that we want it. Like it gets the success that it deserves because there's some movies that don't deserve to be successful. Like, let's be honest. Like there's some movies that don't does it. Like you watch them and you go, I'm not going to name names, but like, you know, you see them and you go, hell, why is that movie making money? Oh, I feel that way about a lot of those Fast and Furious movies. Um, That sex trafficker movie that was produced by the sex trafficker. I mean, like, let's be honest. Like, you know. Yeah, that's that's bizarre. It's just I want them to make a documentary about that. Like, I don't want to see the movie. I just want to see the like because it's the perfect like it's the perfect recipe for a documentary right like a netflix documentary you know he like you know 180 million dollars made but secretly he was holding a secret like you know because yeah. that's the kind of shit that happens like it, it, it like we've talked about before it was like oh that that was super fitting like that was like the ultimate like oh okay you know um so uh, but with that, like, uh, yeah, I'm not, uh, yeah, um, like it, it, like I'm not going, but I'm happy to get people into theaters, um, and having people watch movies on the big screen because like, you know, it's an experience and we should, we should actually be able to do this. Like, you know, people should be able to comfortably do that. And sometimes, 
Um, you know, if you're not crafty and know that, like, you know, say AMC has, um, has, what is it? I think it's, it's like, it's $5 Wednesdays where all of their, all of their, all of their shows are $5. I mean, that's the thing that I always kind of like look at is, is that I know that there's deals out there and you could go if you wanted to, but you know, if you don't, you don't. And this, if this prompts you to like, oh, you know, I get to go see a movie on the big screen, something that like you maybe not had gotten to do. Like the turtles, I feel like is the one that's going to benefit most off of this because everybody has seen Barbie. Most people have seen Oppenheimer that are going to see it right until award seasons when people are going to renew that. Um, I feel like Oppenheimer is going to be that movie that's going to be playing in theaters until like March of next year. Like there's going to have one theater. I mean, if everything keeps getting pushed, yeah, there's, I mean, why pull stuff out of theaters? Like, let exactly. it run, man. And, es- and especially because of all the awards that it's going to, like, you know, all the awards it's going to garner, people, more more and more people are going to go want to go see it. And I just feel like it's going to be like old days. Like, you know, we remember those days. We remember those days where a movie could play eight, nine months, right? Like, oh, I yeah. remember getting... I remember getting sick of seeing Titanic on the bill on the the billboards. It was like it a year for seven months. Yeah, like like the middle of summer, it was still playing, and I'm like, this is a December movie. What the yeah. hell? Um, so, I don't think. Know. I think it was I, like it. All, by the time it ended its run and hit home video, I think it was over a year. Yeah, so, it was still it, playing like second run theaters <laughs> in like December of the. <laughs> I uh I know a friend who saw it like literally fifty times. She was so, uh, uh, she still is obsessed with it. And I was just I've never seen Titanic, <laughs> never seen it. Oh really? Yeah. You've never seen it? No. Nope. Oh, that's hilarious. I I love that. I love that. I love like after what is it? Close to like it's almost coming up on thirty years. You haven't seen it? That's that's amazing. I love that. That just, <laughs> but I guarantee you, all your sisters have made up more than more than your Dude. share of time seeing it. It's like it's so in high school, I never watched any of the Monty Python stuff, but like yeah. most of the people I hung out with in high school loved Bonnie mm-hmm. Python and would quote that shit endlessly. So by the time I got around to watching Monty Python, I was like, I mean, it's funny, mm-hmm. but it's not really that funny because I've been hearing these jokes for twenty years, and like, like, it, it just doesn't have that same, like, punch to it. So, yeah. I know so much about the damn Titanic movie that if I ever do get around to watching it, it's not going to be anything except three hours of my life that I can't get back because I know every beat of that movie and have not seen ten minutes of it. You know, like, just, you know, clips here and there in different things, yeah. you know? And usually those are just like somebody mocking it for for whatever reason. So I'm uh, just like, yeah, uh, I'll probably never watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Which is um, great. Like, I mean, you know, too great. Yeah. Uh, um, speaking of things that, like, I don't know if I'll ever see. Um, I wanted to ask you, did you watch the <laughs> Zack Snyder, Star Wars, Rebel Moon I didn't Netflix. watch the trailer, man. Like, oh my god! Look, that cast is really, really good. I yeah. may watch the movie, but like, he's already talking about like also have my director's cut, and I'm just like, to just put out the director's cut, man. Like, well, it's why does it? Part, 
yeah, why does it have to be this whole thing? As if you're not the architect of all of this. Like, Netflix <laughs> did not come to you and just be like, well, you know, this is not the Warner Brothers situation. Like, you yeah. can just release the movie that you made. He made a three... They, they let him make a three-hour zombie movie. Like, let us repeat that again. They let him make a three-hour zombie yeah. movie. A three-hour movie that could have been two hours if it was shot in regular motion. Like, like a movie that had a guy so troubling that they spent... With like, and this is the one place, the place that I do love. They gave him the extra money to replace that particular troubling actor with somebody who wasn't so troubling, yeah. um, uh, like who happened to be like along with Dave Bautista, the best part of the sh- of the of the um, of the movie, right? So this whole thing of like, like you said, this whole thing, our director's cut, like a part one of a two part five out, like. I've heard that this is like, like, like Zach Zack Snyder up up his own ass again with a three hour movie and another three hour movie. So like, what is it? Nine hours? Is it a four and a half hour cut for the first one and a four and a half hour cut for another one? Like more slow motion? I don't know, bro. I watched the trailer and it's literally like, okay, let's go ahead and make my Star Wars movie that I was planning on making, but like, let's replace everything with space Nazis. Literally, dude. Like all of the, these characters are dressed like the characters from his um, what's that the sucker punch you know like oh, all the, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. all the bad guys like like I have so many problems with that movie um, but anyways like you know how, like all those the like all of the villains in that were like fascists but they were basically Nazis without the the emblems and stuff that's literally what the like the trailer shows is like all these people and. It's just, I don't know, like, it, it's like, okay, like, you, like, you've already shown me your style. It's like 300 with robots and giant spaceships. That's literally what it looks like. But you probably, I'm fairly certain if I had asked you, what do you think that this Rebel Moon's going to look like? I don't know, 300 with robots. I mean, that's literally what you, like, you would think, right? And it, it is. And at this point, that's the only thing that I'm like, well, Zack Snyder is a visually interesting director. And he's become this sort of opposite of George Lucas, who is a yeah. visually interesting director and cannot produce, like, drama to save his life. Like, this is, like, visually interesting and somehow wildly overdramatic. Like, I, you know, I don't know. I I, I may watch it, but, like, I didn't watch the zombie movie, and it also had a cast that I liked. And I still haven't watched his extended Justice League. Like, I don't know. At this point, I'm very... Um, although I did buy Justice League on Blu-ray last week, just the regular version, because oh, I okay. found it for $2. <laughs> Whoa, that should tell you something. $2. I was like, <clears throat> I'll buy that for $2. <laughs> I really I'll liked Aquaman in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> and F likes Batman. Like that they, they were a lot of fun in that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean it's like like but like the most unforgivable egregious CG of all. Fucking Henry Cavill's lip. 
Um, yeah, it's so bad. <laughs> it's so um, bad. So, uh, have you been watching anything? I know you you did watch a couple episodes of My Adventures with Superman. Yes, um, I did watch that. Um, I'm not okay. So, um, I've not really watched anything because, like, you know, uh, work and then the site has been keeping me kind of busy like uh with like having to watch stuff for the site so like my level of like what we what we're watching is very limited like i like you said i did watch uh i did watch uh the adventures of superman or the or is it new adventures of superman or new my adventures with adventures superman. With it's superman. very it it sounds so kitty and it kind of is but like yeah it, it's also like a nod to like the crazy anime stuff. Uh, I shouldn't say crazy, but you know, like some of the anime titles are like really weird, you know? Yes. And, uh, and it is very anime influenced. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. So you watch what the first two episodes, uh, the first three episodes, three. like, okay. uh, I watched, I watched the two season, the opening pilot, cause it's part one and two. And then I watched the third the the third episode, which kind of gave me an idea of, like, it gives me an idea of the flavor, and I definitely like it. It 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 feels like the perfect fusion of, so like it's not it's not the Dini uh, Tim Superman. It's more Fleischer influenced. It feels like because there's a lot of robots and there's a lot of like what I feel like is 40s influenced like Superman. But it's mixed in with that anime influence, which makes it kind of nice because you get Lois being a little bit more plucky than she like because they're doing also like the like they're all I like the aspect of like the youth of it all like the yeah. like like both of them being kind of like they're basically trainees they're not reporters in any way shape or form with Jimmy and it feels. Like, it feels naturally like a good group, like a good trio, rather than the way that it always feels with, like, Lois and Clark, and then Jimmy is tagging along. This feels a little bit more like, like a group, that, yeah. like, it's a group effort. They do and, explore that. They do explore okay. the, like, if Jimmy is on the outside of this uh, love story, like, what what is that like for him? Um they lean heavy, heavy on the uh, the robot stuff and mm -hmm. uh, get into some kaiju level like uh, type of anime things. Um, but it, it it's never at the expense of who he is as a character, which is what yeah. I really, really love. Like that first episode where he's just like. Just be normal. Just be normal. Yeah. Just, and like every five minutes, something is happening that he's just like, okay, well, just be normal, but like go get that cat out of the tree. Just be normal, exactly. but like save that lady from getting hit by a bus. Just be normal. <laughs> and it's just like he's trying so hard. And it, it, like it's this whole exploration of who is he? And like that, that goes through the whole season. Like he does not know his own origin story, which is yes. really, really interesting. Very Smallville-esque, you know, of exploring, like, uh, where he came from. <laughs> but a and little bit more... I enjoy it. Like, no, I do, too. And, but I was going to ask you about that. I like that it, there's a brevity to it. Like, 
I like the way that they guard it, like with the whole language barrier. Like I really like that. I like yeah. I like what they're doing with it, but I also like the brevity of it. Like they're not like my problem with most um like those of those early era CW shows, they fucking drew out everything. Like they give you a dollop of information, but it'd take you all season to get there. And I'm like, yeah. it's not worth it. Whereas this feels like it's organically being told in a way that feels like the information that you're getting is more than just a dollop at the end of the season, right? Like yep. there's this whole there. It, it it's exactly what I like about Superman. You were very right about that. Like I, I liked it so much that I was like, okay, this is a thing that I want to concentrate on. So it's going to be something that I'm not going to watch when I have work to do, when I have other preoccupied things. I want to be pure. I want to be pure in this viewing of it because it's so good. It, but like I was going to ask you, for you, is it good in the same way that it is for me where it's like they elevate Clark? They write Clark better than they write him normally. And I always feel like if you can get Clark right and you get the, the way that Clark interacts with the world, like, and you can get, like, the side character, like, not the side characters, but the characters that aren't Superman, if you get them right. And you have me interested in not just Superman, but what Clark and Lois and everybody else is doing, you've got me, like, super strong. Yeah. Um, I mean, 100%. Know. Like, this, this is, it's not really spoilers. It gets into a lot of sci-fi aspects of because. Mm -hmm. Part of the problem with Superman is he's a very one-note character. Like, yes, you have to add something to the mythos, otherwise you're just like after you tell that one story, it's just like, oh well, what do we do now? <clears throat> so that's why a lot of Superman's villains are just so fucking weird, and uh, yeah. like why you're always pitting him up against the government and shit like that. But there is a there is an episode or a couple of episodes that deal with like um, in, in very true DC fashion, like there's a multiverse and there's like traveling through the multiverse and like it, but it's all played very like uh, mostly for fun. But mm -hmm. there is a, like much like the council of Kangs, there is like a group of Lois's that travel the multi multiverse and it's fucking fantastic man oh okay like that like see that gets me excited because you're taking like you're taking risks with superman and like like and i know that i kind of it sounded like i kind of poo-pooed the uh the deanie tim uh superman but no. that's one of my no, like that's one of my favorite supermans and why is because they always find found an interesting way to stretch like even the characters within the mythos yeah. And they always even then, though, didn't last as long as Batman the animated series. No, did not because stronger villains. Yeah. I mean, let, let's be honest. Uh, and uh, you know, I, I mean, it, it's one of those things where, like, they're the, the the side of the same coin. Like, but they're just the inverse, right? Like Superman. It's a, like if we really get down to it, the most interesting part of Superman is Clark, right? Like, yeah. and how he interprets the world and how he gets around things. Batman. The best part about Batman, unless you're uh, like, unless unless you're, unless you're very, Elon very... Musk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the best part of Batman it's... is actually Batman. Batman. You know? Exactly. So like, who, like, 
like like um like they said in Blue Beetle, like Batman's a fascist. Like you know, like it's not really him. He's a fascist. It's it it it's Bruce Wayne that's a fascist, right? Like, but again, like you know, this show is so fantastic at just like letting them inhabit things in a way that I feel like doesn't necessarily get done. Like, this isn't Superman with a twinge of Clark. This is Clark with a twinge of Superman. And I like it. It gets heavier on the Superman as it goes, but there's a reason for that. Like, uh, you've seen bits and pieces in the first few episodes, but it's no shock that, like, government stuff comes into play. Task Force X, a.k.a. the Suicide Squad, Amanda Waller, like, all of that shit kind of comes into play. But which, again, the reason they do that is because if if you're constantly just focused on Superman, you run out of ideas like it just becomes like, uh, where do we go with this character? Um, Superman really like uh, this might not be the best analogy, but because I know a lot of people like Dr. Dre, but I, I do, too. But my favorite Dr. Dre stuff is when it's not his stuff. It's when he's somewhere else. You know, like mm-hmm. California Love is a Tupac song with yes. Dr. Dre. And that's great. <laughs> like Eminem shit with Dr. Dre is Eminem shit with Dr. Dre. And that's where I like Dr. Dre. Superman is a comic book equivalent of Dr. Dre. He's really fucking awesome when he shows up in other people's shit. <laughs> yeah, he's a thief. But when he's it's his, it's like, <laughs> this is all right for like two songs, man. But like. You know, at some point you just stop spitting fire, dude. Like, yeah, I, I I don't know what happened, man. So, well, I mean, you know, when you when you release one of the like, you know, the biggest hip hop albums of all time, that's what happens. Like, you know, you 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 blow your load literally. You blow your load on the chronic, and then nothing else can compare, right? Like, yep. like you drop something like that. I mean, and if you really think about it, Superman is the equivalent of that. You, you know, Donner. Dropping Superman the movie in '78 is like yeah, Superman and Superman two. It's like all you can do is remake <laughs> that story, man. That's all you can do. Yeah, unless you're featured, like you're saying, like like you almost want like like here's the thing <clears throat> is that we know that James Gunn is going to do a beautiful job with making uh with making a uh, Superman Legacy. But here's the thing. Oh, go ahead. I have, a, I have a theory about this. I've been wanting to talk to somebody about it. Okay. Let's so, do it. Um, <laughs> Superman Legacy. A lot of people are like, why the fuck are there so many other characters in this movie? Yup. I think this movie is going to open with Superman being killed. Yes. Yes. Because that makes sense, right? And and then it's everybody else telling Superman's story because yes. it's Superman legacy. Um, I thought about that. Like, I actually thought that maybe he was going to write Superman in the 1930s and we're looking back on him. Kind of similar concept of that, but like, you know, oh yeah, like, that makes sense. That really makes sense. And it and it plays to like the emotions that Gunn likes to play with, right? Like, and gives him the stretch to do whatever he wants to do. But yeah, that sounds like I didn't even think about that because I was thinking from a, a a perspective of 
why not set it in the 1930s like the best Superman stories, right? Or like in the past, because that's why it's called legacy. It's like the, the thought of the word legacy, right? Like, yeah. what is it? I, I was sitting here thinking about it the other night because uh, mm -hmm. like he had posted some video saying like, uh, like poo poo and some, something that somebody had said. And um, oh. I was like, holy shit, this movie's going to open with the death of Superman. Like, literally, it's going to be about the death of Superman. And all of these characters and, like, how he's affected their lives. And that's how it's going to launch the new DC. Yeah. And eventually <laughs> we'll get to the return of Superman. Like, Yeah, the sequel would be... Instead of it being like, you know, it's Superman legacy and then it's Superman the return or something like that. That's a brilliant idea because then like, but then don't you have to cast Batman right away? Because aren't we expecting the like, because then it's almost funny because you front load it and you defuse everything by like everybody wants to do the stupid Superman speech of like, you know, at his funeral. But how ballsy is it to give somebody whoever it is that they end up casting as batman batman's opening moment has to be the like it's kind of like a baller moment right and it allows james gunn to have the 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 power to control how he interpret how we interpret batman right because you give him the speech from yeah. De death of superman or something along those lines i mean and um, how great would it be to just open a movie without like no origin story, no, yeah. just fucking 45 minutes of Superman fighting Doomsday and and dying. Like, no or, context. Or, or if you just, like, if you go, like, like that's the, the story, and then you, like, have flashbacks or flash forwards, or, like, you play with time and the edit, and, like, the movie ends with the death of Superman because you're playing, you know, Christopher Nolan type with the, yeah. the the linear you know non-linear storytelling like mm -hmm. i it just I, like it hit me i mean maybe maybe i'm wrong like I, there's a very good chance that i'm wrong but like just i was reading this stuff and watching some of james gunn talk and i was just like he's gonna kill superman like that's how he's gonna start this he's gonna kill superman and people are gonna lose their minds but it's gonna be fucking amazing you're right. Like, I think that that's like that makes complete sense. But then it also makes complete sense because think about this. Batman is not a Batman movie. It's a Damien movie like with Batman as like like um, it's weird because like <laughs> go with me on this one. Um, I've been thinking a lot about that Batman movie that Machete's going to make. Right. And the thing is, is that. I've been playing God of War 2019 and I say 2019 because it's like, you know, it's called God of War and I don't want people thinking that I'm playing the PS3 original um, in that, in this game, there's a heavy, heavy um, father son story. And I'm laughing my ass off during this entire fucking game because Kratos treats his son this like Kratos is the god of war, right? He's the guy that, that your main character is. If you guys don't know God of War, um, there Atreus, who's his son, treats him with the level of neglect and like annoyance 
that I feel like is like the perfect symbiotic relationship between Damian West or Damian, uh, Damian Wayne and Bruce as Batman and Robin. That whole thing of like, I don't want, like, you are nothing but trouble for me, kid. I don't like you. I don't want you around, but I have to deal with you. And Damien is like, well, I don't like you either, you, you shithead. Like, that kind of push and pull. And what if it, what if this series of, of, of like DCEU, instead of it being about the gods, it's about the gods, the sons and daughters of gods. And that's what it's all playing towards because it's very weird that you have like, like you said, and it would go with the whole thing of like Superman legacy, the God dying, the the main God dying and people rising to the occasion. The same thing with like, like, you know, this whole Batman thing, like making it about Damien and that particular relationship is very, very specific, right? Into what, what is entailed in that particular Batman because he's not, oh, go ahead. It's it's also something new. Like yeah. Marvel like I love it and I love that they're still trying to introduce new characters, but it it just feels like they're not doing it right. Like No. Hawkeye I think did it right. Um Yes. They they haven't done anything with it since, but I think it did it right. Um it, there's just been it's been very like mm, like Doctor Strange tries to introduce a new character. I mean, she's not terrible, but it mostly just falls flat as just Doctor Strange trying to rescue this this girl that can jump through dimensions. Um, yeah, it doesn't feel important. Whereas no. you know, Marvel ended there. <laughs> their reign as champions by killing off all their main characters, um, more or less. Um, so for DC to start it with the death of their main, their big big guy, like yeah. feels really like that shakes everything up. You know, it really does. And, and you're really not does. starting with a new origin story or, or the same old origin story. Like, I, I, do we need another Batman origin? Do we need another no. Superman origin? Like, we, we, we just don't. Like, no. Blue Beetle is a origin movie without a fucking origin story. Like, we yeah. have no idea. What the fuck is going on? Like where the and I've I listened to some podcasts that like some people took a little like uh, I guess umbrage or whatever with that like nothing gets explained. I'm like, do you need it explained? Like I oh. I don't wh why like why do we need to know what this thing can do, how it can do it? Like it just it it wastes so much time. Where like like I said, I'm just sitting there thinking like. How great would it be if it's just a fucking fight? Like, I, I mean, I haven't read it in years, but, and I wish it wasn't in storage. I guess I can go online and probably find yeah. a, a readable copy. But, uh, like, the fucking death of Superman storyline is really fucking good. It like, is. It's it really, really is. good. Like, yeah. no, the return. It is. Eh, um, but, like, that uh, that 
Death of Superman, Reign of the Superman stuff, it's pretty damn good. You know? Like, so you kill off Superman, and, like, it allows you to also introduce... <coughs> excuse me. Um, Steel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Superboy. Um, at least those two. Yeah. Because you know? mm-hmm. Superboy no, ste- steps up as, as like this, this fucked up clone um, that Cadmus created between, like, it's Luther's DNA and Superman's DNA. And they yeah. create this, you know, crazy ass wild child of a clone. You know, Steel, you know, you get, you know, what the idiots would call the woke aspect like you get a superhero you know inspired by superman it it just i don't know in the end i think it it just makes more sense to start out with the death of superman rather than build to the death of superman and whereas if you start there like the return that's way more fun man yeah but and it also it also gives you it gives you a hook for the first, like, say, 10 movies, and you don't have to go back to Superman. Like, James Gunn, if he doesn't want to, doesn't have to go back to Superman as a character, not as a character, but as a, but as an entity until the return, right? And so, like, you right. can have, you can have, like, six years where that's not happening, right? And you let this, like, you let the, like, which it does weird, it, it does weird things out, but at the same time, it allows you to build the universe without Superman. And then, like, I think that I know where you're going with this. It's like, then it becomes, you built this whole entire world without Superman. What happens when you add Superman back in? And then that's the next series of movies, right? Of, okay, we've, we've built our world around not having Superman and him, not having to wait for him to save us, even in Metropolis. What if he comes back and he's there? He's in a world where they don't need Superman, right? Like that's a story worth telling. Big screen is like a world that doesn't need Superman because there's so many other superheroes. So what does that mean? You know, as a sequel, right. I want to see that movie. Like I want to see what James Gunn does with that kind of of hurdle to add into it i mean really you're doing like it's almost like the star trek 2 is like the wrath of khan thing except you're not bringing spock back immediately in the next movie exactly yeah no 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 you're absolutely right it becomes this whole thing of like how like what like who like what do you do in that in that instance right um, it becomes very, very interesting. Like I like that. I, I like. I really do like that. Um, that idea of um, that idea. And you know what? Maybe it'll finally put. Like the thing that I hated about the death of Superman is that so many fucking filmmakers wanted to do it. Like just like like the world's finest because everybody hates Superman. Like that's a weird. It's a weird thing for me. Like every time I see it, it's like every time like a like a like you know every time a superman movie comes around they they were trying to develop the death of superman it's like you hate superman that much that you want to kill him off because that's what they did i mean Zack snyder did it right 
Like he 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 hated Superman so much. They hate they hired him, but they hated him. Like like this is the thing unforgivable for for me with Zack Snyder is that he hated Superman so much that his second Superman movie was not even a Superman movie. It was a Batman movie specifically designed to kill Superman. Yeah. So that he could get rid of Superman. It's not like what James Gunn might be attempting to do, which is answer and like like pose a question and deal with something that all these fucking fans seem to want. Like everybody seems to want the death of Superman. And I'm like, you know, it's it, it's a good story when it's told in a big canvas, but you just having him fight Doomsday and that's all you want and you just want the like the crying of it because de- Superman's dead. It doesn't work. We saw it in that stupid ass Dawn of Justice movie. And again, I don't know why, but recently I've been really up my own ass about about Zack Snyder and his bullshit with like with everything. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it, that's not hard to imagine. But anywho, um, that's a great idea. Like that is actually like like if in like four years or no, I think. It, yeah, it's probably like four years. If four years from now, I think it's it, isn't it? It's like 2027 or 2026 is when it's supposed to come out. Like uh, whatever. I mean, who knows yeah. at this point? Yeah, with the strike, fuck. Um, but if it if it turns out to be that, I mean, like, yeah, like that would not like you're you're like pretty much on the money. I feel like like I feel like now it's just like just awaiting to confirm this because legacy, like it it is like legacy. It's like what does that word mean? It's like leaving a legacy behind. And like you said, like all of these side characters coming out to play, like him casting all of these people. <laughs> and, and not like people that aren't people that we've never seen on screen but also like the question of why this character why that character like why are we why are we introducing these people so early in the universe but it makes sense if you look along the lines of like you said death of superman and the way that that series was told across multiple books and multiple like it was like I remember it when I was a kid. I don't remember Crisis on Infinity Earth. I just don't. But I do remember Death of Superman. I do remember that was probably my first real big experience with buying comics that I did not normally read. But then it it doing its job, right? Because ultimately they want you to read that comic book, right? Like they right. want and, you to and read. You didn't need to really like. You could start at you know the the first appearance of Doomsday. Um, yes. and just read or just pick up that trade. You did not need to know anything really other than basically who those characters are. Exactly. But if they interest you within the story, you can go, oh, okay, well, where is this from? Okay, this is a J this is JLA. Let me go ahead and go into JLA and figure out like what I like about it. Like I like this idea. And it, it allowed you to like 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 we're we're gonna probably get into Ahsoka, and one of the things that I liked about Ahsoka is that it's both it is both seriously hard grounded. Uh, this is Rebels 2.0. Like it should have been called Re- Star Wars Rebels Ahsoka, but also what I loved about it was my wife didn't have to do a deep dive into Rebels to like enjoy the show. Like in and of itself, it is a hard grounded star wars thing that you like the things that you like about star wars are there and if you want to go back like my wife was like let's go back and watch rebels like i've been inactively watching it let me like actually watch this because this interests me now right um it's the same way with the superman stuff like with the the death of superman because 
it's it's in and of itself like you said the trade you can read that whole entire trade and it not skip a beat but if you're if you're somebody who's into comics and this is your first introduction to it it's great because you also get to find out in that trade paperback where all of these stories came from right so if you wanted to you could take a deep dive into the different comic books that were a part of the series and ultimately for me i feel like they've gotten away from that like the 52s like all these new 52s like you're making me buy comics per week and you're not really making it about the like ultimately yeah, for me it's like more about the event exactly rather than the characters and rather than like giving me a chance to go oh you know what i've never i've never read this comic before you know what i really do want to read this it get, takes it away from that to like I need to buy the next one next week. I have to buy the next one next yeah. week. I have to buy the next one. It's like a it Pokemon such... thing. I gotta catch yes. them all. Gotta, gotta catch them all. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, uh, were there were there anything else? Was there anything else that you were watching that you want to bring to everybody's attention? <laughs> I watched the Riverdale finale, and uh, it was fucking weird. So, yeah. There I you mean, go. Uh, yeah. I, it's been it's been a long like this one like it's it's stretched out like three seasons right like three seasons too far uh or two seasons too far the um, last two this, seasons were interesting because basically they just took the show back and made it the the show like it was still that edgy thing but it okay. was set in like the 50s like well, I shouldn't say the last two. I think it's just the last season. Like, they took the show back and made it about characters and set in the 50s. But they still had that, like, edginess of the, like, uh, early 2000s uh, that the show kind of walked the line for. Um, okay. So it was really, really bizarre. Um, they did that whole, like, where are they now kind of ending and, oh uh, God! Like the, the the animal the Animal House one, or I mean, like the <laughs> yeah. The, so like uh, it ends with like uh, the last episode is Betty is old and she is um uh she's got like Alzheimer's. So okay, Jughead shows up, but she sees young Jughead. So they quote take a trip through the past. To like revisit everybody in high school, but also find out where they ended up in life, and so it it was very strange in in the way that the show has always been super strange. Um, it wasn't bad. I, I I know that all of those actors are glad that they are done. <laughs> yeah. No, I I yeah, especially Lily Reinhardt, who. Like literally is thirty years old. Like I think yeah. she's like thirty two. Like I, I think I, I read an article with her, and like I feel like she suffered the most because she's actually the one that's had a career more yeah. than anybody else. Like I mean, you know, I mean Dylan Sprouse. Like you know, he other than marrying Barbara Fl- Flavin, which I mean, you know, that's a career in and of itself. Like you know, like none of these guys have have pushed beyond their career right like lily reinhardt is the one that has and she should have actually had a career but pandemic and this show is kind of like pushed her into this like weird spot but um 
I liked it in the first season, but like after that, it kind of wore out. For me, it wore out. It's well, yeah, and became. It did. Oh, it, go ahead. It, it very much like uh, uh, Walking Dead. It wore out as welcome pretty quick. I'm I'm a I'm a masochist, right? So like I yeah. stay with things, even though <laughs> I'm just like I I hate this. Um, but I did I did re- like enjoy the ending for what it was, and I I liked the like super weirdness of the 50 setting with the like you know kids having like weird threesomes and like it, yeah. it was very like a this weird juxtaposition so it was like it wasn't great it was just like this is so bizarre man so it, you know it was kind of fun to watch they tackled some some really uh nothing that nobody had tackled before but like shit that you wouldn't see on like happy days like they did a whole thing about um uh joseph wortham and like the seduction of the innocent and him going after comic books and creating the comics code and like what happened to like ec comics like they did this whole kind of mini story that adapted like all of those things and i mean it's something well known in the world of comics, but like most general yeah. public generally doesn't give a shit about any of that. It happened in the fifties and yeah. like nobody cares anymore. And, and maybe rightfully so, but as a guy who's into comics history, it was really kind of interesting to see somebody take on that story. And, and, and in a way that you're never going to see on, on screen. Like, you're right. never going to, like, to be perfectly honest, you're never going to see that, uh, like, you are never going to see that in done in a movie form um, in a way that that this show covered. I remember hearing about it um, and thinking, like, to be honest, like, that's clever, right? Like, like, them taking it on in a way like that is kind of clever, right? But at the same time, at the end of the day, I, I have to suffer through a lot to get to that point. Yep. And I'm just not, like you yeah. said, I'm not a masochist, right? Yeah, I am you, not you, a masochist in any way, shape, or form. You you would, because it's just bits and pieces of, like, several episodes. So it's like, you can't even watch it as a story over, like, two or three episodes. You, yeah. You'd have to watch a whole season, mostly of shit you will not care about. So. You know, and... Like you know, some of the actors are very talented. Other ones, uh, not so much. And like, it's like any, it's like any like high school show, like Beverly Hills 90210. Your 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 mileage, your mileage is really going to like you know going to depend on how not only how vested you are, but like if you like those kind of like things, right? Like if you like that kind of drama. And I'm not shitting on anybody that does. Right. Like there are people that are probably hard, hard, hardcore stands for Riverdale. Right. And loved it and loved every second of it and are sad that it's going. Um, And I don't I don't shit on those people like, you know, go for it. Like you love that. Like, you know, uh, okay, Like, you know, like you you like the Kardashians. Fine. Like I don't I'm not watching it. It's not my choice, but I'm not going to shit on you for for watching it and liking it it's whatever you enjoy right like we all we all like our own trash or what other people perceive as trash one person's trash is another's gold plated gold leafed like you know piece of art so um you know 
uh, there it is right there, except for the Snyder, Snyder fans. You guys are just wrong. <laughs> you guys are wrong. You guys have made him, you guys have made him your, your false idol with his stupid style. And he's not evolved since his first movie. So congratulations. guys. Um, way to, to, to retard the growth of a, uh, of a, uh, of a filmmaker uh, because he's all he's done is gone hard into this slow motion, like erotic, erotic muscle bound movement crap that we, we continually see from him. And, and that is not to say that Zack Snyder isn't a, a lovely person. I mean, you know, and you know, everything, it's just, I don't know if I agree with his movies, but anyway, um, Anything else that you're like, like anything else that you're watching or watched that you're not like, that, not yeah. that we haven't talked about before. So, okay, All right. um, I did finish um, uh, killing it, and oh, I, okay, I, I know you struggled like watching the first, like, what'd you say yeah. you watched like the first few episodes of season I one? Think I, I think I watched four episodes of season one for four episodes. I really, really like where season two ends up. Like, I, I okay. really enjoyed season two. I hate that they dumped it all at once. They did the same thing with um, uh, the car show. Um, yeah, Twisted Metal. Yeah, Twisted Metal, um, which I also really, really enjoyed. Um, so, um, I, both of those I think are worth catching up on for sure. Pe- Peacock, man. Like, yeah. It's been my go-to streaming service. So. You, you definitely, I know that you, you really, 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 um, like, and, and me too. Like, I love that service. It's, it's a, it has the right mixture of new, old, and like the content is like the right blend and their AI, their, their, um, their UI is okay. But what I like is their, um, whatever their, their, um, their, what is it called? Not the formula, but um, their algorithm. Whatever their algorithm is behind the scenes, it's one of the most pleasant algorithms that I've I've ever like. It definitely knows like instantly what to give you and how to like and what you're going. Like I know it sounds weird, but like Netflix is the stupidest fucking thing because it never gives you what you want. It gives you what it wants. Like yep. the algorithm is not. It's not an algorithm. It's a force. Like same with Max. Max doesn't care what you want. I feel like Peacock is one of the few places that actually gives you like based on your tastes because they have so much shit there, right? Now, of course, they're always going to be pushing The Office. They're always going to be pushing like their biggies. Um, but I mean, you know, why why shouldn't they? But there's like a great mixture of oh, okay. Well, you're watching this on a consistent basis. Let me give you suggestions that are actual suggestions um, and good things, not like stuff that I need to show for you. Um, you know, so, but yeah, no, 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 absolutely. Um, I actually stopped Twisted Metal because there was a moment that just made me super mad that they did it. They went, um, I can, I can ruin it. Um, it was the, I don't even know whose flashback it is. But it's uh, it's the the sitcom when they kill the dog. Oh yeah. I could not fucking. I got. I was so pissed because it doesn't even say like I always watch the the ticker thing of like you know what kind of violence and stuff just because I'm always interested of like what they talk about a fucking miss like you could have very well have put animal mistreatment. Yeah. And I would have been like, okay, I got to be prepared for this, but. 
And it was, and it's like on the level of what Nope does with Gordy, but it's not Gordy. It's not, it's not Gordy beating up a bunch of fucking shitty human beings. It's a shitty human being murdering a fucking dog with a pair of fucking, with a pair of uh, sewing needles. Like, and not, they never show the actual act, but they have, they do it in such a way that the gore is, I'm like, really? You fucking did this? And you didn't warn me? Um, but then it's the whole flippant, like, it's the flippant nature of it. That's the thing that I didn't like, is that you didn't prepare me for it, or you didn't cut, you just fucking went into it. And I'm like, come on, a warning, please? I know yeah. that sounds really... From coming from me who loves gore, like coming from me, it's like, but it's also like if you're gonna have like like they always do this. Like if there's an if there's sexual assault, there's always a warning, right? Like warning, this this episode contains like, you know, uh sexual assault or uh abuse of that nature, right? They always do that kind of stuff. So you're prepared. I feel like the same thing with like stuff like animal cruelty is like, come on, just just prepare us. So after that, like, I just had a bad taste in my mouth and I'm like, I'm going to take a break from this for a little bit. So, um, yeah. So that's where I am right now with, uh, Twisted Nut. So. Yeah, I can get that. I, I see that. Uh, yeah. So anyway, um, 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 that's also the additional thing that I've been watching. Um, so that's the only thing literally other than some baking shows and, uh, in football, um, whenever it comes on, uh, it's how tired I've been. But the one thing I have watched, <coughs> the same thing that you watched, <laughs> uh, should we get into Ahsoka? Yeah, let's get into Ahsoka. All right. Um, so, uh, two episode premiere, which thank God it was a two episode premiere, right? Like, I think it was designed to be that, right? Because yeah. the cliffhanger, the, the cliffhanger, like, it would have left me very upset, like, that I didn't get to see the next thing, right? Um, but I don't know your thoughts on this. So, like, overall, your general thoughts about the first two episodes. I think that this is the best Star Wars we've seen since... Uh... Uh, the Last Jedi. I concur. Did I lose you? Oh, okay. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> I was no, like, no. oh shit, I, I was lost like, <laughs> No, I concur. I concur. Um, so, like, it's a hard, it's a high mountain to climb because, like I said, like, like, there's a lot to talk about with this, especially as, like, we're both, like, we're both on the record diehard Star Wars Rebels fans. Um, and, like, the thing that I feel like that, that I got away from this is that if you leave Dave Filoni alone, you're going to get good Star Wars. Like, right? Like, I mean, you're going to get not a good, we, but great Star Wars. We said it the minute Disney started naming people for, you know, creative or, or, or uh, executive positions in Lucasfilm. Like, mm -hmm. Dave Filoni needs to be in charge of Star Wars. Like, he's yeah. literally the guy who was handpicked by George Lucas. So, and taught him how to make Star Wars. Like that's the thing is, is that nobody, not Kathy Kennedy, 
not John Favreau, not J.J. Abrams. None of these motherfuckers learned how to make a Star Wars. They didn't. Like, like Carrie Beck, maybe because she spent like she was in the trenches with with Filoni during the Clone Wars, so she kind of has a good idea. But Dave is the one that George picked to teach how to make Star Wars. As soon as he realized that they had the similar kind of influences, um, but in a very different way, he taught him how to make Star Wars. And Dave listened. And this is what happens when you just leave Dave alone and you just yeah. let him do, you let him make a Star Wars in the way that he wants. Like, there's a part of me that really hopes that after this Heir of Empire, Heir to the Empire um, uh, series, like not series, but like Heir to the Empire, like arc that he's doing, yeah. that they, that Kathy Kennedy steps down and Dave Filoni just steps up because it, it like, it really need like, I mean, it, I, I don't know what Dave is like on the business end. If you need Kathleen yeah. Kennedy to be the person, you know, making sure the budgets are what they should be, that's mm -hmm. fine. Creatively, Star Wars needs to belong to Dave Filoni. Absolutely. Um, because, like, you know what I, I thought about, like, after I, I watched this show was I was like, if he was the creative director during during the solo debacle, we never would have had, we never would have had a problem. We like Solo would have came and went and it had been a good thing. And Lord and Miller would have still had directed it. Now, of course we would have lost Spider-Man, but I don't think that we would have gotten out of hand the way that it did. I just kept keep on thinking about the fact that Dave understands better than anybody, the creatives behind things. Like you can tell now, like I officially know, there is a big push and pull within the Mandalorian between what is John Favreau and what is Dave Filoni. I mean, I know and we've you, only seen two episodes of Ahsoka, but clearly, I think it's pretty clear to see that Mandalorian suffered by Dave Filoni's absence. Yeah, it did. It absolutely did. And you can tell the stuff that Dave is involved with, right? Like, like I'm just... And I know that people are like, oh, Dave Filoni, he's not John Favreau. And you're goddamn right, he's not John Favreau. You know what? He's better than John Favreau. Like, he's, like, if you, like, I, I feel When it like, comes to Star Wars, you know, I, I agree. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, Dave is, Dave is next to, next to George, the person that should be doing Star Wars, right? Like, like, it makes sense. Like, I don't know how anybody cannot watch this this 90 minutes of star wars and go eh, it's not star wars like then i would pose to you this question are you really a star wars fan or are you up your own ass with what you think star wars is and all you want star wars to be is han solo princess leia and and luke skywalker like if that's what you want you know what then star wars isn't really what like you know, Star Wars now and how it's evolved is not for you. So why don't you go back to the DCU Snyderverse and wish for the A or cut of Suicide Squad? <laughs> because, like, I, I'm sorry, I'm done with people like not taking like the good that we have, the 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 excellence that we get sometimes, and just shitting on it. Like this is like this is. Like I like, dude. Like Star Wars, man. This is Star Wars. There was. I didn't think that there was anything like. 
and this is from a guy who severely doubted that they could pull off Ahsoka with Rosario Dawson. Um, like after her premiere in the Mandalorian, I was like, "Eh, I don't know. Like it feels wrong, but it's still a little stiff to me, but Mm -hmm. having those other characters and putting it in a world where it kind of makes sense for her to be a little standoffish. It really, really helps, you know, um, like, I I don't know. I I thought everything was great. She was fantastic. Like she, she doesn't say much, which is good. That's a good thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like she needs to be a little stoic. The fight scenes, the choreography, it's all so damn good. Um, and the way they bring back all of the 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 characters from Rebels that that we do get to see, it's yes. just it was so so fucking good. Like it was so nice to see Hera, but like I don't just everything was great. Like seeing Chopper and not making it a big deal. Like I think that's the that's the key. Like none of it is is like that quote hero moment when they first show yes. up where it's like loud music and like, you should know who this it's like very play, very, very low key, you know, like even yes. though so many fucking characters in the first two episodes are characters we've met before. If you've watched rebels and clone wars. Oh, absolutely. Like um, my favorite moment is a moment with, with a rebels character that, is voiced and acted by the same fucking guy, Clancy Brown. <laughs> Clancy Brown, yeah. Like, like, like to me, like that moment made me laugh and smile. And my wife was like, she paused it. And she's like, "Why are you smiling at this character?" Like, she's like, "What? Okay, what? Do, what don't I get?" And I was like, "Well, it's, first off, it's Clancy Brown. I mean, you can't, like, you can't not smile at Clancy Brown." I was like, "He's just like, if you've grown up with him, you knew. Like, I mean, you know, Shawshank." And she goes, "What?" And I was like, he's the lead guard. I was like, okay, but anyways, he's a character. He voiced the character that he's now playing in the show. I was like, you know, the only thing that I, like, I felt like you needed Dante Basco to play, uh, what's his name? Like, I honestly wish that they had gotten him to play, um, what's his name? The guy who actually he's talking. I know that it's probably a little bit older than he should have been, but it would have been great to have him voice um the senator uh god i can't even think of his name now uh but i knew that it was instantly that was i was like because i mean you know we've watched clone wars and and rebels so many times that we know the actors that are playing these people um it was just kind of like it was nice to see or like mark ralston showing up like what like he's actually voicing like like it's just it's a great kind of way to like give you these characters that we we've known for like you know upwards of 15 years because of clone wars right but having them yeah. inhabit the inhabit the the real world not the real world but the live action world is kind of a wild thing like that i'm not i don't i didn't know i didn't know how i was going to be prepared for it but i wasn't prepared for it right like because it's it's that weird thing of like like hera right i mean we spent so much time we know what hera has gone through right like that moment where um 
Like, a Mary Elizabeth Winstead plays Hera so well. So kind of like... The How way bizarre is it that she's married to... to <laughs> a Jedi? Yeah. <laughs> and she had a relationship with a Jedi? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's kind of weird that, like, she's she's Ewan McGregor's, like, you know, uh, wife, and she's playing basically a, like a character that could inhabit that same kind of yeah. like in the time frame uh it's very weird um and, but it's also kind of great because it's like it there's that push and pull of like there's a tension because it's like like the character isn't like and, and it shouldn't be a hundred percent of what they were in the show right a because the time has passed and b also because like the character that is being interpreted, it should absolutely be up to that particular person. But I feel like the Hera, Hera is like the like Mary Elizabeth Winstead gets it. So like the handoff between her and Vanessa Marshall is like there's this perfect like symbiosis of it of like I can see ten years later. I think it's ten. It's supposed to take place ten years later because it's taking place in the Mandalorian era and Rebels when we last kind of see them, it's, it's what minus like a year before rogue one takes place. So like we have this like great tension of like 10 years without these, these, these characters, which makes it great for us, but it also makes it great for a viewer stepping in because they don't have any onus on these characters, but like the interpretation of them can be like this nice thing where it's evolved and changed and they can do whatever they want to do um with these characters but still maintain the character itself and i don't know like i really liked it i liked the moment where they mentioned where where ahsoka mentions kanan and the look on the the play that uh winston does is kind of like subtle but it's still that twinge of pain like somebody who lost the love of their life after like you know a decade like you know it, it still has that that punch to it um the way that it should right um my question do we think that we're getting we're getting their son i mean maybe like, i mean i don't know I, i'm i'm there's already so much going on, and it is Ahsoka. Yes. Even though it is Rebels 2.0, it is yeah. Ahsoka. Like, and it is the search for Ezra. So, like, I don't know if that's going to come into it. Okay. Okay. No, 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 no. That's that's that makes sense. Um, I didn't know that. Like, so the main focus for for this is. Yes. Something that we never saw, and we it was never implied, but it's a bit of brilliance of, like, you know, like the opening, like, like I love the title, like, uh, part one, Master and Apprentice, because it doesn't just mean the, it doesn't, do, it, do, it doesn't just go to, like, what we initially think, which is Balian and um, his his apprentice uh shin yeah. it's her it, it's it's a parallel between them and ahsoka and sabine which was something that i did not think that i wanted but i totally need now right like like with sabine basically being the most sabine that she could ever be and, and like admits to um uh, hung yang or hu yang that she was the Which worst 
Oh, she was the worst apprentice ever. And he goes, yes, this much is true. I mean, <laughs> how great is it to have David Tennant back in Star Wars, man? Oh, man. Like, David Tennant is, like, like all I want now is David Tennant's, like, Hung Yang, uh, Hu Yang, the, 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 the Saber Master, and um, Alan Tudyk's, um, Alan yeah. Tudyk's uh, robot to exist in the same world, even though I know that they can't. Um, but his voice, like, it's not just the voice, it's the fact that we have Dave writing a character that he wrote 15 years ago, and writing him just as funny, warm, and charming as he did 20 years ago, when we had this, or 15 years ago, when we had the the one-off episode of the Sabres and the children. Um, it's great. Like, Tenet is just, like, you kind of would want Tenet to be a live-action character, you think initially, but then you get him as this robot that has like no filter whatsoever. And it becomes this, this great moment of like having levity at all times, but it not be at the expense of drama. Does that make sense? Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, he's yeah, he's great. Um, and then when he has those dramatic moments, it works, right? Like the whole moment of the lightsaber, something I didn't even think about. Like, like this, this show kind of gives you things that you don't think about that Dave has thought about for years, right? Like the ownership of a lightsaber. Like that moment is brilliant. Like I can't think of a more, like a more fitting way to kind of explain the way that Luke takes on his own, his father's lightsaber, right? But not even having to, reference it it's it's sabine like like trying to take ownership of something that she doesn't feel she has the right to take ownership over right like and it's kind of beautiful how he explains it and that moment and instead of like having rosario dawson talk about something like with anakin it's the smarter move to have this other character, these two characters interact. It's, it's, it's a bit of brilliance. Like, like there's so much that goes on in these, in, in these two episodes that you're just like, I, I don't even know where to start. Like, there's so much like, like, like finding out that Morgan is a descendant of the night sisters. Yeah, like, blew like me how away. crazy that that was like, what the night sisters like i didn't think we would ever hear about them again no but i will tell you this much the games the jedi fallen order games mm -hmm. they have a character that's a night sister so it wasn't so mind-blowing but it also wasn't like expected from me like like this is like something that i'm like because her look is like now now that now that we know that that whole thing with the tattoos on her face like that subtle yeah. tattoo it makes perfect sense right her, the coloring that they gave her which i always felt was weird in the in the mandalorian's the jedi i'm like you have an asian woman like kind of pale i'm like what yeah. is this why are they doing this but it makes complete sense when you go oh shit she's a descendant of the night sister so that would make sense yeah mind blowing like that that we have and then like the further one like so that people understand that aren't watching this like i like when i told her, oh my wife i was like you know that she's like in a weird way she's kind of related to darth maul and she goes what i'm like 
the Night Sisters, the they're the male equivalent of them are the are are what Darth Maul and his brother come from. Uh, also, another character voiced by Clancy Brown. Yeah. Um, uh, but she was blown away. She was like, "What?" And I'm like, "Yeah." I'm like, "She is a descendant of the same race." I, I was like, "And all of this is all like Nightwalk." Like this is all weird Jedi Force related adjacent stuff. Which okay, can we talk about that? Like how we're getting Force adjacent stuff that I never thought that we would be getting, right? Like it seemed it, like so fringy when they would do it in the the cartoons. Yes, and it, it, like that we're seeing it in live action is it, it really really gives me a lot of hope for the future of Star Wars because so many people want to just have that drawn line of like Sith and Jedi, good and bad. And like seeing the, whatever you want to call them, gray Jedi, like Mm -hmm. whatever, just seeing those people walk the line between good and, because like we assume Ray Stevenson, um, uh, Balin is, is quote bad, but like, Mm -hmm. We don't really know his motivation other than like helping uh, Elsbeth get to uh, Thrawn. Yeah. But is that really what he's doing? Like, does he have bigger aspirations? You know? Yeah. Like that. Okay. So like that, that was the most interesting thing was the way that Stevenson plays Balian. Um, The way that, it feels like it feels like a man whose butter is spread too thin. If you know what I mean? Like there's a very kind of like, like world weariness of it all. Um, But also like this whole thing of like, I am my own thing, but we're going to stay with Lisbeth and we're going to give her the things that she wants because I'm a mercenary. But there is definitely something going on where it's like, like you said, like, there's more to this than that, right? And they're not Sith. Like, of course, they're, they're not, they don't, they don't feel like Sith. They feel, like you said, like the gray, like the Dark Force users. Like, people who, you know, they're mercenaries. Um, I I want to know who the Inquisitor is that they're, that they're teamed up with. That yeah. Elsbeth is, like, that to me is a very kind of fun little, like, because we've met so many of them. Um, but also like, I'm also very curious because these are all like, as we know, as we found out from the rebels or what we know about rebels is that Vader, actually that and Obi-Wan, like the Vader, Vader is like, there are his commandos basically. They're his like legion of like people to do his bidding around the world, like him and the emperor to do his bit, their bidding without having a, yeah, they were a, a way me- for the emperor to also be like, yeah, just so you know, you are replaceable. Like, because yes. he he always had to try to like have something over Vader, um, just to try to keep him more or less in line, which is explored phenomenally in the comics. Yes, no, it, it, like I've read um, the Vader comic Afra? is so good, and Doctor Afra is yeah. so good. Like, um, it, it's just so good. Star Wars is very, the regular comic is very up and down. The yeah. recent Yoda series was really, really good. Um, 
it, it got into a lot of a lot of Yoda's past, which I enjoyed. Oh, okay. Um, ah, but um, anyway, uh, yeah, it, it it's so much fun seeing Force users that aren't like steeped in the religious cultish aspect of things. Yes. And it's a nice reminder that not everything is Sith and Jedi, like that there are other things. Um, and bringing that to the live action world is just like, it's, it's such a like fresh perspective to have in live action. We had it in the, the, the animated series for a while. Like yeah. there's been stuff in books, stuff in, but just, the live action has been so caught up with light and dark or just good and bad. And when it comes to like things like Rogue One and Solo, um, mm-hmm. that, yeah, it, I, I don't know. I just, I loved every second of it. I think it looks phenomenal. There's a couple of things that you can kind of tell that were shot on the volume. But yes. The volume always looks better on TV, and I don't know why. Like, I, I think it's the lower res. I honestly yeah. think it's the lower res because, I mean, you know, whenever you have the volume existing in movies that I watch on the on a seventy foot screen, it like you can just tell like the 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 end like you can see the you can see the seams, and that's the thing. And then whereas whereas honest like you know even the biggest like you know i mean i have an 85 cent inch like you know 4k tv right that i was watching it on and it's the moments where you first meet balian and his apprentice that, who yeah. um like just you know maybe tmi but like it's been a long time since i had a full-on like nerd crush <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I always tend to like side towards like the, at least the more badass and which usually tends to be the more the evil characters it's probably not been since early seasons of uh uh agents of shield when i was like oh uh, like agent may is my destiny <laughs> you know <laughs> i just i was all about may like watching her kick the shit out of people and, but like yeah like watching um uh, her name's like Ivana, Ivana, I don't know how to pronounce it. She's uh, from the Ukraine. Um, yes. She was in a couple of episodes of the very short-lived uh, Hulu remake of High Fidelity. Yes, she was. I do uh, remember Which her. was actually pretty good. Like, I was surprised <laughs> I liked it. But, uh, yeah, her as a, whatever you want to go, Dark Jedi or... or like gray sith or, like whatever the yeah. yeah dark force user whatever you want to call it like she's just fucking awesome <laughs> like she really the, is the lightsaber fight it's it's so good man <laughs> it really is and you know what the thing like and we can get into sabine, sabine in a moment but like the fact that they managed to do a fight and it still not feel like perfunctory and like, oh, okay, well, this person's going to win. Like, and give you a little bit of a kick with this. Like, I, I mean, applause to them. And, and, and making it, like, I like where they went with it. Like, the, like having, having them fight 
before we see Bailey and like the event, the eventual Bailey versus Ahsoka fight, which yeah. we know is going to probably happen. I actually tell you probably when it's going to happen. It's probably going to happen in episode five because that's the only other episode that Filoni has. Um, that, and I feel like that's where we're going to first meet Ezra. Um, if we meet Ezra at all, uh, which I'm fairly certain we are, but, um, fight was so fucking great because it's not like we're seeing things that we've seen in like we've seen the things that they're doing in animated form but to see them do the moves that they're doing in live action like that moment like the thing that fucking made me want to slow clap was the moment where sabine goes like like goes neo and goes like like onto her like on almost onto her back but she's not on her back and having her lightsaber up while, like, you know, um, while Shin is, like, bearing down on her. Like, that's a moment that we've seen before in, like, animated form. But to see it in live action and see them pull it off with the kind of grace that they do is, fuck, man. These fucking saber fights, I feel like. And even Ahsoka's. Like, Ahsoka's Dude. feel more fluid. Yeah. When... So when in the second episode when her mm-hmm. and Hera go to which shout out to Mark Jacobson man like yes th- this show continues the trend of bringing in like people you wouldn't think would be in a Star Wars property um and him playing this like sniveling like factory uh manager like he's yes. just when shit goes sideways and he like hides behind the droid Oh my god. <laughs> well, okay. So that whole section feels like Rebels adjacent, right? Yeah. Like Hera and like Hera and Ahsoka working together um in this mystery that happens, like that's pure felony. And when it ha- like when shit goes bad on that and they start having to fight in close quarters, it so feels like a rebels episode. Yeah. Like and he, like so when much she so goes that, out the window dude that shit yes. is so fucking cool man <laughs> well and then like you have like you have Hera arguing with chop in the yeah. fight, in the like that almost made me laugh and cry at the same time because it's so beautiful because they get it like like that moment where like chopper says something and she goes no i didn't move your crap and yeah. uh, him finding the little the tracker and having to like that's pure and then him doing the arms oh my god dude like like it's just for rebels fans i can't even like i purposely haven't listened to house of r yet uh because i cannot imagine the like the screams that mallory's going to have when she starts talking about chopper and that relationship because like i've been watching her evolve like you know i like we've all been want if you listen to the podcast you you definitely have been watching them pregame with rebels and stuff and their love for rebels so i cannot wait to hear them talk about this stuff because it's like it's the payoff right like this is all payoff for for rebels fans because it's like but it's not like am i wrong in saying it's, it doesn't feel like fan service it really genuinely feels organic so i did i didn't listen to house of r i did listen to uh the midnight boys though and uh Mm. they uh well especially van he was like yeah it's a little too he calls them member berries and like i get it but but i didn't feel that way 
Like, really? I really didn't. Like, that's the Force Awakens made me feel like that with it, oh, with yeah. all of its just like, hey, remember this? Hey, remember this? Like, but that's because it draws attention to all those things. I didn't feel like this show was drawing attention to any of those things. No. Like, like I said, especially when, like, when Chopper shows up, like, it's not a, it's not played as a big moment. It's just like, oh, yeah, there's Chopper, because, yeah. of course, Chopper is there, too. Um, like, oh, like, Ahsoka goes to, like, wherever uh, that place is. And, like, yeah, of course, Hera is there, too. Like, it just, it all of it felt, like, just like a continuation of the story and not like, oh, hey, do you remember these things? You know? Yeah. No, no, absolutely. Like, 150%. Like, it feels, like, even the story, which is built, like, it instantly starts building the blocks for the heir to the empire. And it does it in a way that I feel like is the way that you want it to be built, which is, like, no fuss, no zeroing in, no stupid, like, there's a prophecy in the summer. Like, shut up. Like, I'm tired of that. I want... I, I am tired of the maps, though. Like, Van said that on, the, on yes. his podcast. I'm like, <laughs> I'm a little done with the crazy-ass Star Wars maps. Like, it, it, <laughs> it's so ridiculous. The way this that, like... True. We started out in 1970, late 70s, uh, with, you know, those type of maps. And now we have these, like, giant holographic like just it's a little nuts how crazy <laughs> they are like the 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 sequel movies took it to an extreme and it's not on the dumb level of like a knife that lines up with like that shit worked in the goonies it doesn't fucking yeah. work in a 200 million dollar star wars movie um but uh yeah it's not as crazy as rise of skywalker's bullshit but it is like, all right, man. Like that—that's probably the one thing I was just like, oh wait, we're doing crazy maps again. That was the one like hanging my head moment. Like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. And I don't know. Like, like, um. It, it's it's funny because, like. It ha there has to be something like that always. Like Star Wars is about mechanism, right? Like like MacGuffins. Like the MacGuffins are always yeah. in Star Wars. Um, but when it's done right, it's the minimum of it. And I feel like once they get beyond finding the map, like they 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 surround it with as much pop and circumstance. Like that first opening action scene with her, it was oh, it almost felt like they were going. Okay, we know that the first the first episode that you saw her in was kind of weird and wonky in the way that she was moving around. And we were kind of hiding the fact that we didn't know how to do this. But guess what? We figured out how to make Ahsoka work with her with with the way that she looks and her design. But we have to also do this whole plot thing, right? And so like it was like kind of great that they they wrapped it around it. But I will say this much those moments man they took a lot of time with those they like like this was dave going 
I finally get to do this in live action. I want yeah. this for a while. This is going to turn into an Indiana Jones style puzzle that I'm solving. And it literally feels like Raiders at the beginning of Raiders. Like, you know, that, that, that five minute opening where he's going through the temple. It really does feel like that. But here it feels a little like, okay, I fucking understand what's happening. I want to get to the point. Uh, do you know what I mean? Like, it made it yeah. more interesting that it was the Night Sisters. Like, we we saw the Night Sisters, and we're like, oh shit! But it's very much so, like you said, like very much chart mapping. Like Dave loves that shit. Like we we've seen it since Clone Wars, right? Yeah. Like, there's a goddamn there's always some kind of like missing puzzle piece. Um, it's side quest adjacent stuff. But if you're gonna have somebody do it, I feel like Filoni well, is the one to do it because do it. it's like uh, yeah. Fucking JJ did not know how to do that shit. Like it, it was so no. half-assed in both. Um, and honestly, in in uh, of course, I I guess Ryan Johnson basically had to carry the piece over. But like, yes, yeah, JJ's like half-assed, like map to Luke Skywalker bullshit. It's like what the fuck? Like this doesn't make any sense at all. No, it really doesn't. And then also, he does the same thing with the fucking with um in Return uh Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Where it's like a map to get to the place. Yeah. And like the first ten minutes is spent like or like you know Kylo Ren Solo. I'm gonna go around Skywalker, cutting up people trying to find this. And I'm like, I don't give a shit. Like here, there's a little bit more at stake for me because. It's all in search of, like, like I like the fact that that Ahsoka doesn't give a shit about Ezra. She's using Ezra as a piece to make Sabine and Hera care. But ultimately, her her shit is, I Fine need to Thrawn. stop Thrawn. Yeah. I need to stop this to, to make because, sure he's he's done. Yeah, to make sure that he doesn't become the heir to the Empire. Which I mean, you know, like I love the fact that they're 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 leaning on that. Because, like, <laughs> first off, I, I appreciate the fact that, like, these, like, I I recently reread, like, five years ago, I read Heir to the Empire. Man, is it a slog. Man, does it take a lot to get through. Um, man, is it a lot of fan service. But it was also the first thing that we had in a long time that was, like, official Star Wars canon stuff. So I understand, like, I understand why it was the way it was. But taking the nuggets out of that and taking the best stuff out of that and letting us like and giving us the like his own version of it like a remix version of it almost like an avengers kind of style movie i'm very excited i'm very excited especially if this is the way that they're going to handle it like the like there's is it wrong for me to say like it already feels like an adventure that i want to go on that i want to take the ride no matter where they take us because they've already set up everything and set the table in a way that i feel like is perfectly star wars but not no i mean that, that, i i like that right like yeah. i mean we're and they're gonna take us to like like dave is already kind of like like i don't know like it feels like he's giving us like sprinkles of it's gonna get weird guys but go yeah. with me on this like the stuff that we're already we're already waiting for, like like the stuff that we've already seen, like we know 
what happens at the ends of Rebels. So we know the context. We already know that the seeds have been laid because of the, I think it's the second to last episode of the Mandalorian when Grogu sees the, sees the space whales, the, the, we know that they're coming. We know that, that that's been built in, but the weirder parts of like the force and all of that stuff, that's stuff I'm really excited about. Like I'm really excited about, I, my only regret is, is I feel like the more, like now that we're settled in on this, a, I don't know if Thrawn is going to be a big fixture here. Like you had said before, but also doubly, do we think that we're going to get Ezra? Or is that going to be like a like a thing where we get him, but it's going to be taken away from us in that episode? Like, it's not going to be something that we're... Like, it's going to be a one-off. Yeah. It's going to be weird if Ezra turns out to be a MacGuffin, too. Like, I know we've yeah. seen him, but, like, if it's just this constant build up build up build up but like i mean i think i think we'll see him at some point now there's also another theory going like i've i've seen some things do we think that the time that that thrawn and ezra have had together that it could very well be that ezra has changed and he is no longer a force for good i mean so We've seen Ezra take up with less desirable people and yes. fall into things that, you know, maybe aren't so noble, but also not let it really affect him. But, like, the flip side of that is it's been a while. So if he yeah. and Thrawn are actually in the same place, like, that's an interesting thing to explore of, like, you know, I, I had to learn to survive with this person who is not nice, not noble, not just not a good person. Um, and so maybe he does have to take on some of those characteristics. Um, that would be really, really interesting um, to to have Ezra become like maybe not the bad guy, but just an antagonist. Of, of absolutely so uh, okay another question what are the bets that we get because he's he's so denied it denied it to the point where it's almost comical how much do we want to bet that freddie prince jr makes an appearance as kanan in some kind of weird way to connect with Hera? i mean it would be pretty great if we got force ghost kanan right like force ghost kanan um, would be pretty amazing and it would kind of steal up the things that we kind of need um, and he's denied it he keeps on no no I'm too old to do that I don't do that kind of stuff like you know Kanan was who he was and I'm like bro you're the dude protests too much like uh, like it, it, it's like it, it, it feels it's like Andrew, Andrew Garfield, Garfield. <laughs> yeah levels of just like you really, really seem like before people even ask you the question, it's just like, no, I'm not in it. I'm not in it. Yeah. I'm not in it. Don't don't even ask me about it. I'm not in it. And it's like, well, now it kind of feels like you're in it. <laughs> so yeah, and um, also like like how much do we want to bet if he's in it that the night sister that his wife played is in it? Because 
to be perfectly honest, I really desperately kind of want a Sarah Michelle Geller re like reemergence, right? Like, um, and I'm gonna say one like like that leads me to something else, which is is that we, we haven't talked about we talked around her, but Natasha Liu uh, Bor Bordizo as Sabine Wren, like I think she's that's right, a man. Fucking that's a fine and a half, right? Like. She's everything you want. Her introduction was so fucking good. I, I have we ever had music like that in a live action Star Wars? Kevin Kiner, man, like that's the one thing I told you. Remember, we were texting, and I was like, "Fucking Ke-. like Dave, how much do you want to bet?" Dave said, "I can't do this with Ludwig. I, I love Ludwig, but he's so like I need I need my boy Kiner because man, to hear that music." Like that was like, like that was that was like new Star Wars music. That was yeah. like, like what you it, like. It couldn't man. be John Williams, which is more no. of the like classical fare. Ludwig stuff is fantastic, but I mean, it's very like Western heavy, like spaghetti Western heavy. I mean, it's Ennio yeah. Morricone, um, you know, to to like to a T, and that none of that just fits with. Like what you want with with rebels and no, you're gonna do it like yeah. Kevin Kiner is the way to go, man. Like it's so good, but just having that like punk pop song like yes. play like it's. I was like, holy shit! I don't think we've ever seen anything like this. No, when she's running away and like, if you want somebody to be like a little bit of a punk a punk. Like they do it right. Like it's yeah. not like I got annoyed with her and I'm like, oh god. I'm like, that's Sabine. Like you know, Sabine's a, like you know, Sabine like graffiti. You know, do, like Mandalorian deep down, but also very kind of like wanting to do her own thing. Um, yeah. Oh, can we just take a side note with goddamn that loaf cat? That loaf cat. Instantly yeah, I mean, one, dude. Yeah, it's it. They they. They did really, really good transitioning those from animated to live action creatures. Yep. Like they looked in they looked so just adorable and real and it, it was great. Um having her uh, having Sabine still live in Ezra's uh tower or whatever. Yeah. That that was that was awesome. Uh seeing those the E Wing fighters. Like that, that are trying to yeah. like bring her in. Those yeah. things are so cool, man. And I don't, I mean, maybe we saw them in like bits and pieces, like smaller, like live action shots, you know, like mm-hmm. with a bunch of ships. But like, I don't know, we got to see it. There was really, really good look at them there. Um, well, yeah, I mean, just uh, Lothal, Lothal yeah. in general. Lothal Jesus. just looked so like, like you wanted it to look, man. Yes. No, absolutely. Like, and I love that they don't give us the ghost yet, but we know ghost, the ghost yeah. is coming. We know that it's coming. Like I, like we get, we get the, we get the new ghost fighter. And it's not even really new. I mean, like 10 years, yeah. get the small shuttle, um, which is kind of great. Like, you know, like it's just, but also like, like back to Sabine, um, like everything that they do with Sabine, like the way that they 
don't give us her armor right away because she's put it away. Uh, like her long hair, like she's been known to well, do that. Like that's so the kind of like Kanan. Kanan did that right when he went on yeah. that. Like he cuts cuts his hair yep. and like does this whole thing. And so watching her do that was like a really nice callback to to the show to like the ritual of like starting something new. Um, just all of that, you know, Mm -hmm. I, it's, it's, but it's Dave, man. Like he's so good at those things and and it's just nice to have him on his own. No, absolutely. Like this is pure unadulterated. Like, even though Favreau is like listed as a, as a producer, I feel like this, this is, there's nothing of like, there's nothing of John Favreau in this. This is pure unadulterated Dave. We're getting we're getting exactly what we wanted from the beginning, which is, is like pure unadulterated Dave and Dave picking up where he left off what's most important to him. Um, I also do like that some of the moments mirror the like the first episode, the first two episodes, some of the some of the shots mirror exactly what we saw at the end of like it's almost like mm-hmm. Dave knew that he wanted this and like that last five like like that last two minutes where we see what we thought was Sabine and Ahsoka going to search for Ezra it kind of is I mean it's remade in live action like those literally those shots are yep. literally remaking like what he ends with. Um, rebels with he begins with Ahsoka right but we have more context for it all and um, I don't know like it feels it it just gives me the good feels that we're in good hands with this show like all of the fears that I had are kind of quelled with these first two episodes because you can tell like you can tell when things are going to go bad right like you can tell when things are just not right and like I don't know, like, Ahsoka, like, Rosario Dawson's performance as Ahsoka has gotten to the point where it feels like a natural evolution from Rebels to this. Like, now I'm comfortable with everything. Because the, it almost feels like the Mandalorian stuff was at the service of John. Like, it was like this weird tension between what John needed Ahsoka to do and what Dave feels that Ahsoka would do. Right. And there's this like because we both know that like the thing that I feel is the worst egregious thing. And I don't know if you're if you're with me on this is that in a lot of ways, Ahsoka would never team up with Luke and train people or be Uh, around them. She's too much of a lone wolf to do that. Yeah, she because of especially because of everything that happened. Yeah, especially after the fall. Right. Yeah, it feels disingenuous to her her character so and this feels like a course correction because her and Hera have that <coughs> conversation yep. like her and Hera have that I mean, and it's Hera saying it not her and oh side note how great is it that we're getting the Dave trope of holograms talking to each uh, talking to people in live action in space but having meaningful yeah. conversations I love it I love <laughs> right it. Like Hera, Hera being an image, like a screen image, feels like the most Hera thing because at a certain point she became a like you know she became a captain and then she became a commander and now she's a general. Which 
like we knew that that was a thing because like we've been told by Dave that eventually she became a general and that she was a part of the Endor the Endor battle um yep. and all that stuff and that's great right like I love that but like to see it in live action and not just having Dave say something to us that it doesn't feel like fan service anymore it feels like like I don't know like the rebel alliance feels a little bit better with Hera being a part of its head like because everything i've seen post jedi they 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 set it up in a way that makes you go yeah the empire like the the new republic are filled with a bunch of idiots that don't know what they're doing which okay fine i understand that but if every single series andor um the mandalorian um like even like uh like clone wars to a certain extent when they were like or the bad batch um all of them have this whole thing of like the new republic is filled with incompetence and like to have somebody that's actually competent that like it makes me feel a little bit better like oh okay well they're not just a bunch of louts and I, every time i see them it's like oh okay well you know the empire like you know the empire's people are a lot smarter than everybody else and all it is is bureaucracy uh, behind the new republic it makes me feel a little bit better i know that sounds weird but it's like it's an annoyance to me that every time we cut to post post empire that everybody's a stick in the mud and maybe yeah. that's just a purpose but you know like when you make when you make people like when you make like them seem like incompetence it makes me not like them like it makes me not want to root for them because why am I going to root for an idiot that doesn't that can't tell that this person is bad? They're bad news. What the fuck are you doing? And it just like it, it's just it plays to something that I feel like overall is something that I, I have a big gripe about Star Wars about right now, which is is that they're on this fucking hunt to justify the the new order. Yeah, from the JJ verse into the stuff that they're doing right now which is post jedi the 30 years of post jedi and i I'm can like, appreciate trying to make it all make sense and be cohesive but it is very frustrating when you're beholden to something that ultimately doesn't work like 100%. it could have it could have worked but like rise of skywalker negates so much mm -hmm. like even with force awakens like yeah okay you're retreading a lot of ground but like i can see how you can make that work but rise of skywalker just completely shits to bed neg negates the existence of even of, of even the force awakens and it's big bad stoke and like all of that shit yeah like it just negates everything and now you have to not only do you have to make the first order make sense, you have to make the return of the of Palpatine make sense. And like you're beholden to that. And hopefully it won't come at the expense of really, really good stories. Absolutely. But I'm telling you, it already feels like it. Like here yeah. it doesn't. Here it feels like a natural evolution because we like, even if you don't watch, even if you haven't watched uh, Rebels, this feels like 
it's hero centric. It's not like like my problem with Andor is that it feels like it's too much Empire, and I guess that's the way it should be, right? But it feels like too much Empire and not enough Rebels. So I don't get I don't get the pop of a Star Wars movie, which is always about this kind of like lower balance, but still there of Rebels versus the Empire. Andor, I feel, is egregious in that it's all it's mostly Empire and a little bit of Rebels, right? Like, like there's those problems that I have with Andor, which people find like like they love it because it's like oh, bad guys, all these things, but it's so at the expense of the logic of rooting for Rebels and seeing the tenacity of a Rebel, yeah. um, which I mean, you know, Star Wars Rebels always did great right like they found a way every week for what 60 episodes to make rebels interesting make the fight interesting day in and day out like you know just the tension between having to do work with mercenaries and true rebels like i mean and then like but it doesn't like I don't know, like in the in the universe, in the live action universe, it is not the way that they've approached things, much to my chagrin. But also, you know, Dave wasn't involved with that. Um, yeah. So it's it's going to be wild to see how this works. Um, I really do want to see, like, question for you. Do you think that we're ever, ever going to get, um, because he's on the, he's in the, um, He's in the what's the the Disney park? Um, oh, good lord! Um, um, he's in the galaxy, like you know the, the, oh, the galaxy's uh, edge. Are we going to get uh, our favorite smuggler that isn't yes. named Lando or Han? Um, or actually, I guess I guess technically he is named Han because it's Han <laughs> or Naka. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, I fucking hope so, man. Like, I really hope so. Like I, I I've been waiting for his live action debut for years now. So yeah. I hope we get Hondo and Naka. Um, but you know, we'll see. Um I, I mean, all in all, like we got ninety plus minutes of Star Wars that was phenomenal, which has not happened in a while. Yep. <laughs> like a couple of years at this point. So yep. I, I, I know everybody a lot of people will point to Andor. I'm glad that the, there are people out there that liked Andor. I thought it was fine. Mostly thought it was boring as shit. So. <laughs> huh. uh, I mean, you know, for three episodes, it was brilliant, right? Yeah. Like, like for three episodes. Somewhere in, jail, in the middle, it was, it was really, really good. <laughs> and yeah. The beginning and the end were just like, uh, okay. Um, uh, you know, that show, I, that, ends, that, that, <laughs> that show ends with me, with me, for me, it ends with fucking Andy Circus heartbreaking. Yeah. I can't swim. Yeah. Like that's where it ends for me. Um, but anyways, you were going to say before I interrupted you. And so the, there's bits of Obi-Wan that are really, really good, but, yeah. uh, mostly since like rebels, uh, or, um, it, like early Mandalorian, like, we we haven't gotten Star Wars this good. It, it, like I said, I think this is the best we've seen since uh, the Last Jedi. Which, you know, I 
revisiting Last Jedi, I do see a lot of faults with it, but I, I do still think it's a very, very good movie, um, as opposed to the other two, which now are almost unwatchable for me at this point. I, yeah. Um, the remake of the new hope and the remake of return to the Jedi. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just, I'm just not, I'm not a fan of like, um, and like, here's the thing is that like, like I know that, um, that recently, um, John Boyega has really come out really hard against it and yeah. he has every right to, because yeah, like they really jacked it up. Like, you know, and, and partially like, and he made very good salient points about, about uh, the last Jedi, which is, is that the last Jedi is what like literally killed him, like killed his character, turned yeah. it into like, not what they promised him, which when you hear what they promised him, like, yeah, of course. I mean, even the way that the ads were with a, a saber, like you don't, you can't rope a dope somebody like that yeah. and expect them to be happy. Um, and his performance suffers. I mean, and he's, he's admitted it himself. He's like, you know, as soon as they gave me, like, they took back what they said that they were going to do. And he goes, no, no offense to Ryan Johnson, but yeah, I gave up. And it's like, yeah, because, you know, when you have all these people and there's all these different things and you're not adhering to what you need to adhere to, of course, you know, like, yeah. I don't know. Like, it, it's it's really, um, yeah, like the this the new Star Wars era, it'd be like if you had told me that my favorite Star Wars movies of the new Star Wars era were going to be two one offs, one that everybody hates and another one that like, you know, a lot of people respect, but don't, don't particularly like Rogue One and, and Solo. I'd have told you were crazy. I'd be yeah. like, no, nah, it has to be the JJ stuff. Right. Yeah. But. You know, JJ yeah. continues to uh, broke my heart and continues to break my heart. You know, yeah. um, well, anyway. it's okay. We have Dave Filoni to pick up the pieces and hopefully deliver us some beginning to end Star Wars story that we will just love and love and love and love and love. Maybe we're being too optimistic. Only time will tell. Uh, I'm sure we'll get into more of it next week because. There's a whole bunch of nothing. Um, yep. So uh, I, I'm, I've got a list of shows I've been meaning to catch up on. So um, depending on if I'm, especially if I'm working from home this week, I might be yeah. watching a lot of TV. So. <laughs> no, that's good. Like, like, you know, the catch up has begun because, you know, uh, other than... The Equalizer three, which is, I'm actually excited for because I love the Equalizer movies. I love. Old I Man really enjoyed the first one. I never made it to see the second one, and so I'm like, uh, I won't go see the third one. But you know, I might watch like watch all three when it comes out on uh, yeah. on video. Two so. isn't as good as one, um, but uh, it's still good. And like I said, like I love Old Man Denzel beating the shit out of people. Um, like it's, it's, it's like a fun thing for me. It's like, it, it speaks to man on fire. Like, you yeah. know, I mean, arguably I feel like if you're talking action movies with Denzel, there's Crimson Tide and then there's man on fire, right? Like those are the two that are like upper echelon Denzel <laughs> movies. Um, yep. and this kind of speaks more to the man on fire. I'm going to 
take vengeance for those who can't. And I just kind of love it. Like they took a, they took a TV series, which was fun. And they made it like badass. They made it for an old man, Denzel badassery. Um, so, and I mean, you got to appreciate the first movie. Like, I'm just going to leave it at this. If you guys have never seen it, the last 30 minutes takes place in a home depot where he takes nail guns and different things and it's literally so, it's so fun it, it is it is a home alone thing but it is yes. so fun but i mean murders them like he was jason Voorhees. yeah like like the r-ratedness of that whole entire final section is so wild to me um and i mean of course like they have the he ha- like they got the um, Trent Reznor Atticus Ross score that just becomes badass. It becomes like this slow motion, just kind of craziness. Like I love the first Equalizer. Second one is okay, yeah. but um, but yeah, I mean it's it's like literally like you know your dad's favorite TV, like your your dad's favorite action movie, I guess yeah. so to speak for the younger kids. But but yeah, no, we probably will be speaking more about uh, Ahsoka and all the others, like you know. Maybe this, maybe the strike will get solved. Yeah, right. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Um. Until then, check out everything else we're doing over at xwingfiles.com, uh, including Pod Lasso and more Ahsoka talk coming on the uh, the X Wing Files uh, official podcast. Um, nice. So yeah, if you want to hear me talk some more about Ahsoka, uh, or really just hear Jacob and Elizabeth talk about Ahsoka. Um, you can, uh, go over there, check that out. Um, and I'll let Adam pimp his stuff, which hopefully more, um, more of my writing very, very soon, because I, I finally at least have a little bit of wiggle room. Um, I was able to start writing again. Yes. He, he yes, Logan has. And so like, we are officially going to be in the fall season, um, starting up, uh, uh moving pictures again, probably this Friday. Actually, because we have we have enough in stock where, like you know, every other week we can uh, we can start posting again. So, look out for that next Friday. Uh, we'll probably be talking about it on on the next podcast. And then, like my work, uh, I've got a bunch of new uh, coverage uh, for home video stuff coming up this week. So, always look at themovieisle.com for both of our writing things. And I've heard a rumor from um, from our mutual friend and. Um, you know, uh, mutual friend and writer of the of the site, Marie. Uh, she might be. She'll be coming back fairly soon, in short order, and starting to write again um, within the next couple of weeks. So we got that look to look forward to on the site as well. Awesome! So, I can't wait. Yeah. So, absolutely. All right. So we will see you guys next week talking about definitely Ahsoka, and uh, I, I, I'm definitely interested in hearing Adam's uh, take on. Uh, I guess. It's the Equalizer 3, but really it's uh, Band on Fire Part 2, right? Exactly. Because <laughs> it's reuniting those those two. So um, yes. uh, it makes me want to rewatch Man on Fire, which is one of Ryan's favorite movies. So that might be next. Um, oh, all right. So oh. uh, we will see you guys then. Number four, Mario, number five, Weird Al, number six, Batman, number seven, Cal L, number eight, the Simpsons, number nine, TV, number ten, every single band that I stole all their MP3s, but they're really all sold out, they all together, if you with me now. Let's